This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. We've been in this Servolution series, and we're, we're intentionally giving ourselves to that topic because God has called, everybody say called, called us all to be servants. If you're wondering, gosh, I just don't know what God's calling me to do, what he has for my life, I'll tell you it's super simple. He wants you to serve the world. He wants you to give of yourself to the people in the world. Now, not out of your own strength, not out of your own abilities, because that will lead to burnout, right, somebody? But he wants you to give out of overflow, there's the word right there, the love of God to other people as he has loved you. So the same way Jesus has loved you, he wants you to overflow this love to other people. That is our calling. That is what greatness looks like. And that's why we are focusing on servanthood, which is completely different than volunteerism. In the church today, as we've become very programmatic and consumer-driven in the West, which I don't think is a good thing, you know, we, we have, instead of our, us all being called to serve, we have a segment that usually is a small populace in the church that, that are volunteers. And volunteers come and volunteers go. Like sometimes you, you, you give yourself to, to a specific thing for a season and then you're done, right? But that's not what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is, Jesus never mentioned the word volunteer, never. He said, you're called to greatness. He's called, you're called to be a servant of all. And then I want to work through you to touch a world. So that's why we've been focusing on this topic. And the reason... I've picked kind of the, the, the flow of where I want to go today is because I think it's important for us to understand how to, as servants, navigate seasons of life and what that may look like as we go through different seasons. And I want to specifically talk to you a little bit about navigating seasons of crisis, because, you know, we're, we're never supposed to be disconnected from the purposes of God, even through seasons. We may ebb and flow in our assignments. We may have more time given in certain seasons towards the things that God's calling us to do than others. But we're never to be completely dissuaded or taken out, especially even in seasons of crisis. Now, just to define this for you, a crisis is an event which you did not cause, all right? So if you're out there stirring up trouble that's getting yourself in a mess, that's a whole different topic, all right? When I talk about crisis, it's something that just found you, but you had no um, causation to see that thing come to pass. And then secondly, you have no control over it. You're not able to control it and make the situation all better. It's just a moment that that has come um, upon you. Now, the writer of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, sorry, not Ecclesiastes, I was thinking Ephesians and then Ecclesiastes and mixed the two. Come on, somebody. So anyhow, Ecclesiastes, he says this, to everything there is a season. Everybody say season, okay? To everything, 
So no one gets out of going through seasons. It's actually a promise. This is a crazy promise. The Lord says, there's going to be seasons. And to everything, there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. It's ordained by the Lord. The Lord's like, listen, there's going to be seasons that you're going to walk through. Jesus even said when we talked about the word crisis, Jesus says in this world you will experience what? Trouble. Is everybody with me this morning? This is (laughs) trouble, Darren. What are you talking about, trouble? I don't like this word. I'm leaving the church. Okay. (laughs) I'm going, it's going to be encouraging. Trust me. Hold on here. We're going to get into that. All right. A season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And he talks about a lot of the different things that happen in this season. And I just felt to highlight one of them in chapter 3, verse 6, where he says, a time to gain. Anybody felt that? And a time to lose. Anybody felt that? You ever felt that before where you're like, man, I feel like there's such momentum and I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. And then you take one step forward and then eventually you take two steps back. Anybody ever felt that? Maybe I'm the only one that's kind of experienced that in life. A time to keep and a time to give away. You ever had a season like that where, man, there was just things were being added to your life and it was amazing. And then there was another season where all of that was was kind of given away. What's going on over here, guys? What's happening? A little chatter, a little laughter on the front row. No, get that mess with you guys. Um, a season, let me give you the definition of this. If you're taking notes, which I would encourage you to do today, this one has some meat in it. It's a time characterized by a particular circumstance. Everybody say circumstance. It's an important word. There are circumstances that come upon our lives. We didn't ask for and we can't control. And we need to, to, to deal with that in a sense this morning. Like this is, God just wants you to know it's okay. It's okay. Like to walk through different circumstances. You were made for this in the grace of God, I want to tell you. You have everything you need on the inside of you to walk through whatever circumstance you have to deal with in life. I believe that with all of my heart. I want you to say this with me. Seasons don't last. It's going to be over soon. (laughs) Seasons don't last forever. They don't. They come and they go, just like summer. I wish it would go more than it would be coming right now. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like just a couple of days in the seasons of summer in South Florida feels like a lifetime. Can I get an amen? 140, I was like, when we first moved down here, we had 40 days of rain, 40 days and nights of rain when we first came down here. My wife actually asked me, was I Noah, and did I come down here to build an ark, you know, and all this kind of stuff she was making fun of me. But now, you know, we just had 40 days of a heat index over 100 degrees in South Florida. Things are heating up, literally. Come on, guys. It's a sign, all right? It's, It's a sign. Things are heating up. God's on the move, all right? But it's a season. Seasons don't last forever. And you got to say to yourself, hey, this one's going to be over. 
soon enough. But here's, here's the question this morning that I want to answer before we leave here today. Is how do we effectively, that's an important word, healthily navigate seasons, especially seasons of crisis? Because the enemy ain't playing, right? He's coming to take us out. He's coming to tear us down and discourage us. But God does not have that in his heart for us, right? So how do we navigate seasons? So I want to just look at the life of Paul. I don't think there's anybody in the Bible who navigated seasons better than Paul. In the grace of God, okay? Which is possible for you and I. So in Philippians, let's just look at this. To kind of jumpstart us, chapter 4, verse 10, he says, My heart overflows with joy when I think of how you showed your love to me by your financial support for my ministry. For even though some of you have very little, you still continue to help me at every opportunity. So here was this sacrificial group that was giving themselves in, 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 very sacrificial ways to supporting what God was doing through the life and ministry of Paul, which is a beautiful thing. But he gives some context of what he really wants them to understand in the next verse. He says, I'm not telling you this because I'm in need. And look what he says. I have learned to be satisfied in every, come on, in every circumstance. Can you imagine? He had learned, and that's an important word right there. God is wanting to teach us in this life that we can be satisfied. That is powerful. Satisfied. Totally satisfied in every circumstance. And that's, that's a mind bender for us because when we've been through difficult seasons, sometimes we haven't felt satisfaction because we're looking for that to be found in things that are never going to give us that. And we lean into spaces thinking, man, if I just binge, binge on Netflix, I will be satisfied because I'm in this really difficult time right now. Could fill in the blank for whatever that, that could look like in any of our lives. But he said he had learned to be satisfied in every circumstance. Look what he says in verse 12 and 13. He says, I know what it means to lack, where I didn't have much. And I know what it, it's like to experience overwhelming abundance. There was a different season for Paul where maybe one time he was really struggling, you know, with, with even financial resource, and then maybe another season where he had more than he even needed, right? Look what he says, for I am trained, this is powerful, in the secret of overcoming. You are an overcomer. You are destined to overcome the things that this life is going to deal you. You have it in you. You're going to walk this thing out, and you're going to put the glory of God on display as you do. You are an overcomer. He says, I have been trained in the secret of overcoming all things, everything, and anything that comes my way. Whether it's fullness or in hunger, here it is right here. Here's the secret 
recipe, I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. I say this with no hype at all. Like I hate emotionalism and hype in church that that doesn't have any real substance. But I'm saying this out of just the sincerity of my heart. I really believe that there's a power that can be found in God that we actually carry, that resides on the inside of us, that gives us the capacity to conquer every difficulty. Paul understood this. I want you to write this down. This is important. That seasons change, but God never does. I'll say that again. I, I need a better amen. All right? Seasons change, but God never does. Never. God never changes. Never. He's never, from, I don't understand, it's, it's wild. He's one that never had any existence, a beginning, and he has no end. But he's remained the same this entire time. It's just wild. He's, he's never changes. Paul said this in James, James chapter 1, verse 17. James actually said this. Every good gift that God gives us and perfect is streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. So he's pouring out his goodness over us because he never changes. But there's this tension, Right? There's this tension that though there is no darkness in God, because he is the father of lights or the father of blessing, that is combined with those certain seasons in life where we walk through darkness with him here. It's a tension. There is no darkness in God. There is no change in God. He doesn't live in seasons like we do. At all. He lives completely separated from seasons. And he never changes. He's, he's a constant. But we live in seasons, and yet we walk with him through these. He, let's say it in maybe a better way. He walks through with us through these seasons. And some of those seasons can look dark at times. They can look hopeless. The writer of Hebrews says, do you remember those days right after the light shined in your heart? Do you remember that? That moment when God met with you and changed your life forever? I remember the day. I was, what was it, 18 or 19 years old, the University of South Carolina, in my dorm room. The light of God shone into my heart for the first time. Never had heard the gospel before in my entire upbringing. Oh, it was awesome. It was beautiful. But then he says right after that, you endured a great marathon season of suffering and hardships, yet you stood your ground. I didn't want, I wasn't ready for that verse when I first got saved, right? No one wants to hear that. Like, man, the light of God's going to shine in your hearts, but guess what? There's some hardships that are going to come through different seasons. He tells these believers in verse 33, at times you were publicly and shamefully mistreated. Anybody been mistreated in the room? Been persecuted for your faith? 
just because you carry Jesus, people don't like you or different things happen, that it's not against them. There's no battle against flesh and blood here. But I'm just telling you, just, you're paying the piper for just carrying the love and beauty of Jesus in your life. Anybody ever been there? Until there's other times you, uh, you stood side by side with those who preach the message of hope. This is, this is where, like, if you, if you notice the shift here, yeah, there's forces that, that are out there that are, that are coming against us. But what we're supposed to do in the midst of this, you can see the change in the language here, we need to start to stand by one another's side. We need to come together closer than ever in community. I don't know what the next season is for our nation or for what God's wanting to do, but I'm telling you, what I'm feeling right now is we need to come close to one another and to the Lord, it, like never before probably in our lifetime. Like this is a, is a key moment. And he says this, he says, verse 34, you sympathize with those in prison. Like they had, they had like, because their, their stuff got eventually confiscated and you accepted that violation with joy. Here, because here you were, you had compassion for other people that were walking through something that now is happening to you. And joy comes because God meets you in that place as you unite your hearts with other people and what they're walking through. I want to, like this, this verse, there's, there's all kinds of different application through the contextualization of what he's trying to say. But the bottom line is this, like, do we really care about other people or do we just care about ourselves? Are we just consumed with what's going on in us? Or do we have the empathy and compassion to think about other people when they're going through a challenging time? This is massively important. We live in such a me-centered, navel-gazing moment that God is like, listen, I want to break you out of that. I want you to see what's going on in somebody else's life and other, maybe another nation and have compassion for them. And then I'll give you joy when you walk through whatever you walk through. What he ends with in verse 34, which I love, he says, you possess a treasure growing in heaven that could never be taken from you. You need to hear this. There is something God is giving to you out of your obedience to serve him, even through tough times, that can never be taken from you. Never. It is unable to be confiscated or taken, never taken from you. So he tells them, verse 35, so don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. Just last couple of thoughts here. I want to just touch on this word faith. If we're not going to lose our boldness or our courage because God's given us faith, we need to understand a little bit more about that before we close, okay? Faith, my friends, is believing in the dark what God promised you in the daytime. But we, we vacillate, right? Like when everything, we, we're looking for magic Jesus to come and give us all of those good days, but we don't, we don't necessarily do too well in the bad days when the thing that he promised us in the daytime now is not so much happening in the nighttime. But this is where, where we need to believe. 
that his promises over us are yes and amen. And this is a gift that he gives us through this thing called faith. Paul understood that the Lord's desire for us was to see us. Three things. I want to just give these to you. He wanted to see us planted. He wanted to see us rooted. And he wants to see us fruitful. This, if you hear nothing else that I've said this morning, please hear this, that God wants to come and give you boldness and courage by inspiring your heart with faith so that you can be planted in him, so that you can be rooted in him. Because it's not just one thing to be planted. you got to get the roots down deep. And then out of, the, out of all of that, beautiful fruit begins to come forth. Are you following me? So there's a process, and it's shown forth in all of creation around us. It's like get rooted, get, plant, get planted, get rooted, begin to bear fruit. Oh, guys, listen. In the moments that we're heading into, how many of you know God wants to do more through the church? I'm not talking about a building or a denomination. I'm talking about body, his body, his people, more than ever before. It's awesome what's happened in the past. You can go and chase that stuff down and study things out, which is not a bad thing. But what about what he has for us in the future? He's looking for people to be planted and rooted and fruit-bearing so that we can carry courageous, bold faith and believe God in the darkness for the promises he spoke to us in the light. This is massive. Psalms, Keneal, you can come up. We're going to end here. Chapter 1, verse 1, he says, What delight comes to the ones who follow God's ways? He's not going to walk in step, step with the wicked, nor share in the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. Verse 2, his pleasure and passion... Remaining, is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. Verse 3, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree. He's talking about the believer here that walks with the Lord and the war, Lord walks with them. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the, the brooks of bliss, it says here, by the streams of living water, right? The life of God, the life source of God, which is his spirit. And he says that you will bear fruit in every season. Whoa. Can you imagine... Like, even in a season of crisis, if we're planted, if we're rooted, if we're bearing fruit, we will see that even come forth in a season of crisis. Says he is never, oh, I love this. Come on, let's meditate. Never dry, never fainting, ever blessed ever prosperous. He's not just talking about money there. Prosperity of soul. Mind. Good 
belief systems will not being taken out or overcome by the other forces that pull us out of the heart of the Lord, but we're actually following step by step with him. Emotions, we're not up, we're not down and all over the place. We're steady. How many of you guys were here uh, October 24th? It was actually the day before my birthday, 2005, when Hurricane Wilma came and visited us. We were living in Coral Springs at the time. I was so new to South Florida in hurricane season, man. I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. First hurricane. Thank you, Jesus. It's great. It's exciting. And then we, it was going to miss us. It actually went into the West uh, Gulf and then came back across the Everglades. We were living in Coral Springs, and the eye of the storm came over right over my house, Okay. And we were in that thing, man. We had, you know, these are concrete homes down here, cinder block. And we had, we had bought in, what do you think, the shutters and stuff. Now they don't even use that anymore. It's all hurricane windows, you know, is the canoe code. But I was like, man, we've got this, man. We're going to shut this thing up. We're going to ride this bad boy out. And we got into that storm as it was coming over us. And our house began to shake. It was wild, man. It was like everything began to move. And then we hear the garage of our neighbor's house just rip, rip off of the garage, you know. And then, you know, it was, just, it was terrifying, really. It was honestly terrifying. And then everything got calm. And I'm like, it's over. This is, we made it. And I'm standing outside and our neighbors, everybody's kind of coming out of their house, like inspecting what went on. I'm like, man, thank God we did it, man. It's over. And he's like, Darren, no, no, no. We're in the eye right now. The worst part of the storm is getting ready to come. (laughs) I was drained of all hope. I was like, we're going to (laughs) die. The the, the caretaker over the family, I was telling Wendy, I said, I don't think any of us are going to make it. You or me or the kids. Let's call our parents and just tell them we love them and, and we, you know, we've lived a good life. I started panicking. True story. You can ask Wendy this. I started panicking. We had a, a play set set up in the backyard that it, it, it survived the first part of the storm. So I was like, I'm going to go take at least the slide off because that's going to get ripped off. It's a piece of plastic. And I'm running outside. I didn't have my contacts on. And we had a glass door and, I, and it was shut. And I hit the glass door got knocked out I'm like forget it the place, place that can go I'm just just curled into a fetal position and began to weep all right but here's the thing that I want to say through all of this is the eerie thing after the storm was there was no sound of animal life it was bizarre you know like we don't realize that birds are chirping all around us all the time we don't even pay attention and man, after the storm, there were no birds or anything. I was like, this is weird. This is like completely just silent. I swear to you that every leaf off every tree was completely gone. And the trees that weren't deeply rooted were laying all over. It looked like an, a bomb went off. It looked like an explosion. What was funny? We had this whole, like, plan if a hurricane ever hit harbor. Because we had, you know, the home small groups and stuff. We were going to go help each other out. Dude, that plan 
didn't even come close to happening. We were like the, the cell phone towers. We had we didn't think about any of the other logistics that we needed to navigate. In fact, Justin Jarvis, who was our worship leader at the time, somehow I made it over to his house and he had, you know, he didn't have a lot of facial hair, but he hadn't shaved in weeks. It was like three weeks. And he had one of those Chinese beards where just some of the long hairs were coming down off his chin, a bandana on. I'm, I'm like, bro, you look bad right now, man. We got to... But what was amazing, and I'll never forget this, because someone said this to me. They said, oh, just wait. The trees and the foliage here are going to come back like never before. And it was true. Like the beauty of the trees that I knew and remembered, they came back like two, three times as beautiful as they were before. The birds filled these trees. I never, never now, I never walk outside and, and take that noise, that beautiful noise for granted. Do you know there's an opportunity that lies before us in the hour that we're living in that maybe has never been given to any other generation in history? I'm sorry, this is how I believe. Because I want to be sobered by this. Like, what if there's an opportunity for our generation that has never been availed to any other generation? I believe that it's tied to the very message I'm talking about, that he wants us to serve through the storm. Thir- serve through difficulty because on the, in the end, we are going to get the full reward of what God has promised us. Last little quick story. You know, Wendy got her job back at JM Family. Anybody heard of JM Family? Jim Moran? Really, go study his life. It's really interesting. He started out pumping gas as a teenager in the midst of the Depression was able to save $386, bought himself uh, a gas station out of the terrible adversity that he'd walked through as a child, made enough money to buy a, a Ford, um, old Ford, Ford Coupe, 1936 Ford Coupe, sold that, used the money to buy a used car dealership, and then he came up with this great idea. I'm going to start doing used cars uh, commercials. They never existed back then. And that he got awards every year. He was known all over the country for this little guy doing used car salesman up in Chicago because he took advantage of a moment. He, he acquired some wealth and was just going to kind of end his life by, you know, like right out the last kind of 20 years of his life at 46, moved down here, opened up a Pontiac dealership, you know, did pretty well in that. And then he had an opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. (laughs) To become a distributor of Toyota vehicles. I'm going to come down here real quick. Back then, nobody wanted to buy a Toyota. I'm telling you. I know. In Montana, if you bought a Toyota, they might run you out of the town, you know. This is a Ford town. This is a Chevy town. We're buying American-made, which I get. I love those vehicles. And this guy rolled the dice 
and became this distributor of all of the Toyota dealerships in the Southeast because there were none. Did you know he became the largest, and it still is, the largest distributor of Toyota products in the world? 80-something billion dollar company. Wendy was like, and he started that when he was like 60. See, we think, oh man, you know, I was pumping gas. Now I've got a gas station. Ooh, let's just kind of hang out there for a little bit. Jim Moran was like, no, he said, he said the, the, the future belongs to those who prepare for it. That was what he felt on the inside of his heart. And he just, he said, no, there's more for me. So he sold his car. Okay, he had this car. This was the thing he was going to hold on to forever. Hey, the Lord says, get rid of it. Buy a used car dealership. There's no money in that. There's no respect in that. Do it. And he does it, starts commercials, gets famous, moves down here. And it's 60 years old or something like that crazy, opens this, this Toyota dealership. Can I let you into my brain a little bit? Like, this is just how Darren thinks. So when I read that story, I'm like... Where do Toyota cars come from? Where do they come from, guys? Japan. Japan is a little island nothing that was completely destroyed in World War II for their actions. But you know what I discovered? This is so beautiful. In their language, there's no word for crisis. The word for crisis for them is guess what? opportunity <laughs> out of their ingenuity which how many of you own a Samsung or TV or, I mean just think about it there was a generation that didn't give up that rose out of the dust and began to create these companies because they saw what they were walking through which was horrific and dark and terrible as an opportunity for something more Stand with me all over this place. This is, hopefully some of this is getting through a bit. Where are you at this morning? What you've been walking through? Just in the last decade, what have the seasons of life been like for you? Could you believe today? Come on, if this is for you, just close your eyes and let it come into your heart. Could you believe today that God has something so good for you? That he's chosen you? He's planted you in him? You are connected to the vine. And over all the years, even when you didn't feel like it, he kept pursuing you. When you wanted to give up on him, he never gave up on you. And he kept moving closer and closer to your heart and began to root you in his love. Because there's something beautiful on the inside of you that he wants to show forth to the entire world. 
In fact, there's some people in this room, there are things that have happened in your life that the enemy meant to take you out by those things that have happened to you. But he wants to put that pain and that 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 just that the shame and all the stuff that's gone down, you know, that you were innocent of, that, that you didn't choose for any of these things that happened to you. And he wants to put it on display by the grace of God. Come on, Holy Spirit, inspire hearts today, God. Give give us hope, Lord, that there is a beautiful future in what you have for us as your kids as we are going to bear fruit like never before. Let's be honest before the Lord. Sometimes in the darkness, if we get disconnected from the vine, we, we, we spin out, all kinds of different things happen. Listen, it's okay. God wants to come and he wants to just reestablish you there. It's okay. It's going to be okay. You're further along than you've ever been. And the season that you may be walking through now won't be there tomorrow or the next day. There'll be a new season. There'll be a new thing that God is doing. And all along the way, you're going to bear fruit because you're going to keep growing. We just all end today by saying, Lord, have your way. I, I say yes. Just agree. Just say, Lord, have your way in me. This is what you were destined for. This is what you were meant for. Man. Oh, my gosh. I'm Sorry, I'm feeling all kinds of things up here today. Like there's some, even some residue on some of you that has just not been healthy. The Lord wants to just remove that away just so that you can just find rest, find some peace. Some of you are in a season of blessing right now, but you can't receive it because you're still, you know, affected by the bad season that you just went through. You can't hear the birds anymore. And yet they're all around you. You can't see the trees blooming because all you see is, is, is you know, leftover trees that were still stripped. No, there's, there's, there's beauty everywhere. Thank you, Lord. Listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to conclude our time, but I just want to, look, can you have a few minutes just to, just to play and make space for anybody who feels like they need to just kind of sit and just let the Lord kind of solidify something in your heart, maybe on what was said today and just move you forward because I want everybody to walk out these doors today different than when you came in. And this is a message that can, that can actually do that because in the midst of crisis, there's more change that happens in those moments than maybe any other moment. There's the possibility for that. So Lord, have your way. Do what you want to do in us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for preparing us and working in us. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name. If you guys also, if you have kids, Harbor Kids, go grab them and you can bring them back in. God bless you guys. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.